0: You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. So I'm out here on the balcony. And, oh, thank you, by the way, for that awesome intro, Man Behind the Machine. Thank you for that. I have the window open here by my balcony. A butterfly just flew past. That was awesome. Oh, hey there. Hey there. There goes butterfly. Butterfly. All we need now is a hummingbird. I would not be surprised. Oh, there goes the hum- butterfly. I would not be surprised if that hummingbird came back again. Or a couple of them. It's been known to happen out here. I've gained quite a good relationship with these plants, with these trees. You see me looking at you. Look at that. You start waving when I look at you, don't you? I see you over there. I see you over there. I see you over there. So I'm out here on the balcony, and I got the window, uh, the window open, cause just in case the cat wants to come out here. And then I was reminded of all the times growing up, and my parents going, "Don't, you know, what are you trying to do? You're, you're gonna, you can't leave the door open. We got the air conditioning on. It's gonna run up the electricity bill." But the, you know, there was that famous phrase we hear it all the time: "What are you trying to do? Air condition the neighborhood?" And so this idea just came into my mind about this idea uh, about this guy who has this air conditioning that. It's so strong that he has got to open up. Like, it just won't turn off. It just keeps going and going. And so he's got to open up the windows of his house. It's so cold. And it does end up so cold. It ends up air conditioning the neighborhood. And everyone's scratching their heads going, what the heck? Until eventually someone ends up following it down the rabbit hole and realizing this guy this guy it's this guy's fault but hey what the heck the air conditioning unit just will not shut off it's got a mind of its own and I'm mean, it could very well possibly be one of the first signs of AI waking up maybe it's maybe he's got one of those smart homes the AI AI homes RFID chips everywhere They can track you better with your RFID chips. Did I tell you about... Oh, wow. This is a fun idea. My brother and I... Wow, this is fun. Here's an idea. I don't know if I read this to you guys yet or not. This is in my idea book that has the Bookhouse Boys insignia on it from Twin Peaks. Uh, Okay, so before I get into this one, I'll tell you about another idea that I think could dovetail definitely with this one that I'm about to tell you. Uh, First, I want to tell you about this one. This one is an idea I had about a kid who rides his bike around the block, Maybe he's got a basket in his his bike and he's got his own microtransmitter so he can broadcast his own radio station. So this little kid, he rides his bike around and he broadcasts his show and he just keeps going, going and going and going. And the neighborhood, those who live in a neighborhood, you know, his buddies, his friends, maybe they end up going up to the local thrift store. They end up spending their allowance on old radios just for kicks rather than digital. old radios. And they're able to tune in. Yeah, you know, like Mr. Microphone, that kind of thing. Mr. Microphone is a micro broadcasting device. If you amp up that signal, because the Mr. Microphone, the way that that works, some of you know, it, 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 there's, uh, it uses, it, it go. You have to find a frequency on a radio station that has nothing on it. Barren landscape, whiteboard for, just open. Open dance floor. Lots of elbow room. The the tabula rasa. As John Locke used to say, the tabula rasa. The blank, blank tablet. So, you need... That, that empty station, and, and then the Mr. Microphone somehow tunes into that, and then you talk through your microphone, which is like a wireless thing, which is also equally awesome, and that broadcasts to the radio. So whatever radio happens to be tuned into that, bam, your voice can come over that thing. So let's say this kid, he, he through his electronics class, whatnot, he figures out how to boost the signal, and people... You know, he's telling the news of, of the local neighborhood. He's um, introducing them with maybe maybe he loves going to the library. Maybe this kid loves going to the library. And he loves sharing. I remember, for instance, I'd go to the library, and there was this Edgar Allan Poe. It was an illustrated Edgar Allan Poe that I came across, and I feel so bad saying this out loud, but I I, I stole that book. You know, here libraries are a place where, these book, the beautiful thing about them is that they're free. They're there. They're there for you all, all the time. Those books. Well, it just clutter[s] up your house if you're going to steal a book from the library. You might as well just—it's there. It's there. You can borrow it for two weeks, whatever. Put it back. Let someone else borrow it. And you know, it's that's, that's just the c- courteous thing to do. The other courteous thing to do is to donate your books to that library. You've got old books. That's a nice thing to do. Share, share with others the great information. So that's what this kid does. He loves going into the, you know, maybe the microfiche archives. Maybe he, he just loves his books. Loves his books. Maybe he tells new stories about Encyclopedia Brown. All the old, all the old classics. All the great lessons. All the great stuff. And so he becomes sort of like the, the education for the for the for the neighborhood and like the little kids instead of watching Disney shows they decide no I like this instead this is great this is great they get to learn about their neighbors and the kid uh let's say there are uh, other kids there who play let's say there's a kid who plays violin let's say there's a kid who plays guitar or whatever um I can imagine them somehow hooking up with this kid in a way where they're able to play it through his through his thing, you know, and then broadcasting out to the to the radio shows. And I'm imagining too, maybe uh, the kid. I was imagining this, like like the kid likes to rap, and his little, uh, his, um, he's got some kind of beat. That plays. And so he he decides, oh, I'm going to put on a concert. And, oh, let's see. So, okay, a couple ways. This kid could ride around the block. And also, I'm imagining like uh, a neighborhood that's sort of like in a circle. They face they face inward to let's say a fountain, or some some thing that's in the middle, like there's this playground. I'm immediately getting this idea of this playground that was my parents would take me to growing up uh, that just had great playground equipment on it, and it was a looked like a snail of sorts. It was a ladder that curled upside down, and it kind of dumbfounded me because I. I always wanted to cr- crawl upside down on this ladder, but I, it just, there's just no way to, you know, I couldn't hold on. It baffled me. So he was in the middle of this neighborhood and, and, and there was kind of like a, a circle. Everyone was kind of around it. So I'm imagining something like that with this kid. So maybe he puts on a, you know, he's just driving around around in circles for hours on end, putting on his radio show. So he decides to put on his wrap. rap concert, he calls it, and any of the neighbors are allowed to, you know, be there for it, and they sit in the middle of this circle. It's like a theater in the round, like a parade, a circular parade, which would also be fun. A circular parade, a block party. How do you, yeah, how would you do that? You block, it'd be like a block party, you block it off somehow. So, let's think about that. Um... Now, now to get to the, the thing my brother and I had had played around with, the idea of... So, he was talking about the Bad News Bears, and he goes, Oh, what about a movie called The Good News Bears? And I thought, ooh. And it, it, he started telling me about this paper route he grew up doing. He did a paper route for a short time. He was telling me about all the, you know, everything that goes into it. And so... There'd be this idea, the Good News Bears. It's kids putting cartoons and messages into the papers they have on their paper route. They put those in there. Maybe it's a zine, you know. Maybe these kids put together a zine and on their paper route they they put that little zine into the newspaper route. So you got a, a gross art kid, a kid who grows a lot of just he draws a lot of crazy maniacal art. Maybe he's goth. For some reason that's popping into my mind. I grew up with a kid named Rob Garwacky in high school. He used to draw the craziest, just craziest art. That kid was so he was so good. He inspired me so much to draw in a style which, um, at the time, I was just calling it ugly art. And I've seen that term end up being used years down the line. Ugly, ugly art. My art style is similar to my big influencers growing up it's Mike Allred, who draws Madman, and Ben Allred. Ben. 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 Mike Allred, Ben Edland. 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 such a great name. Edland! Ben Edland and Mike Allred. They were were big influences to me. So my art style is in the back of my brain always rattling around with that kind of that kind of art style. Uh, Yeah, ugly, ugly art, I guess. So you got this gross art kid Rose draws, draws all the maniacal art. Uh, then you got a very responsible kid. He's got the paper out. He's he he also hires himself out to mow the lawns, to do the roof shingling. This this kid is based on our buddy Rob Houston. Growing up, this kid was always I mean very very you know if if there ever was a way to apply the term work ethic, ooh he's got a good strong work ethic. Uh, Rob Houston is the guy to apply that too. He ended up working for his dad, his dad's landscaping company. Learning how to lay concrete, fix stuff. I mean, this this guy, he was babysitting kids. Uh, Yeah, he himself was almost a kid. He was babysitting. It was amazing. It was astounding. And he comes from a family, a mixed mixed race, mixed family. Um, his mom is a white gal. His dad's a black guy. And they, that was the first family to grow up on our block. It was our first time we had a black guy on the, on the block. And it was awesome. It was a great lesson in just accepting people for who they were. Across the street were, there's a woman named Kathy Bonomo. Large, large, large woman. Think of what's eating Gilbert Grape. She was not as big as that. She was close. And, uh, they fostered i guess or adopted lots of retarded children be at least i don't know 4 or 5 by lots that i you know i guess i should use the word several but 4 or 5 and it was interesting i remember when they first moved in and i'd met them these kids, I remember them, there's something, you know, they are my age, but they were a little, you know, I didn't know, I couldn't put my finger on it. I just remember having them over in my backyard and we were playing on the play, on my, uh, I had a swing set back there. And they were new and I invited them in the backyard. Wow, it's so interesting, I'm getting so many memories. So anyway, I remember Kathy Bonomo, she had, at her house, she had this crystal ball. And her friend, possibly her lover, we didn't know, Denise. She, foster mother, she... They would, they would this crystal ball would be on the wall they're like don't touch that crystal ball if, you know it's bad things have happened to anyone who's touched that crystal ball so there was always like this and, I, and I'm like well why don't you throw it away and they're going like, oh, no no that would that would, that would be you know we would be cursed in my backyard behind us was a house they're called the Baylogs. these kids grew up without a TV growing up you know, watching Elf and all these TV shows as a kid, it it was puzzling to us. Like, how do you grow up without a TV? So they don't know about all of these things that we know about. They don't know about all of these things that are on television. And what came with that was that these kids kind of started... I don't know if they made weapons or if they started... uh, Anyway, we had a cat named Peace. She had what looked like a peace sign on her on her forehead. Calico cat, Peace. Peace and Soot. Soot was a little black cat. And that kid, one of the sons tried shooting her with an arrow. He missed, thank God. I would say if you're going to raise your kids without television, replace it with you know, the programming that you wish was on television instead. Re- replace it. G- give them something. To, to, please let them know about cooperation. Please let them know about compassion please let them know about please and thank you please let them know about being kind to others and especially others pets when you grow up with with an animal you form a relationship with that animal a bond you you there becomes this amazing dialogue that can occur between you and the animals, and you're not even truly speaking the same language. You learn how to speak the truest same language, which is just the natural unfolding in the universe. You 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 learn. You learn each other's kind of body language. So this kid tried to show our cat, and uh, I remember he shot out our window with a BB gun. We ended up putting up a plexiglass window. I don't know if... It, anyone ever talk to his dad about that. The folks next door, their son Andy, I believe his name is. They had a dog named Shadow. He had one brown eye and one blue eye. I found that fascinating. And he was like a calico dog, now that I think about it. And that kid, Andy, became friends with one of the Baylogs. I remember one day I saw Andy then swinging a mace. At that time, I was playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's got a mace? Which is, or I guess you'd call it ball and chain. Uh, I, it, as far as I was concerned, it was, it was a mace. Because I had a character in Dungeons & Dragons who had a mace. And it was amazing to see that in person. The handle, the the, the the chain on the end, the spiky ball. And I remember, you know, during that time I was watching Doctor Who. Tom Baker. We had a black and white television set in our bedroom. And it got a few channels. I was so happy it got channel 60. Or was it 66 where they had Samurai Sunday? And one of those channels... Doctor Who would play. He had that long scarf. He had that long scarf. And the kid next door, Andy, ended up having that scarf. It was interesting because I didn't know the colors of that scarf because it was a black and white television. The TV in our living room was color and my dad built it. My dad actually built it. So the back of it was exposed. There were all these little, little things sticking out the back of it. I remember it looking like buildings, like the closest thing I could compare it to was when Star Wars came out and they're flying along, uh, you know, these big ships, star destroyers and, Death Star and and it looks like buildings it's like there that intricate the pipes in the in the in the it just looked like a building or something that's the only way I could explain it like a bird's eye view and so that's what kind of looked like i remember my uh my, we call him uncle rob my dad knew him from vietnam and he would come by on his motorcycle and he would bring more circuitry and so they would plug it into the this thing and they're building this thing and in one day it becomes a TV and we're watching TV on it. It's incredible. So we had that for eons. Eons. So, wow, I... Oh, so yeah, so Andy, one day, he, he had that scarf. It was a long scarf. Someone had, I don't know if he, he talked his mom into yarning it together or what, but this it was long, and I, I was just fully, fully fascinated by that. And then years later, years later, years later, decades later, decades later, uh, it turns out an elementary school friend of mine, Renee Worrell, you know, I had lost contact with her and then regained contact with her once Facebook came out. And she, I had posted some of my paintings on on Facebook. Paintings, drawings. She sent me a message. She goes, oh my gosh, can you send me a painting? Could you make me a painting? I'll pay you, you know, I'll buy you the art supplies and, you know, I'll, I'll Um, I'll pay you to make this painting. And here's kind of the idea that I'm thinking. And. I. She said, you know, I'll pay for the shipping. And. I said, okay, how about this? Instead of you buying the painting, how about this? I know that you know how to sew. Can you sew me a Doctor Who scarf? It's been a dream of mine. And so she, she went online. She was able to find a blueprint. She made this, like, 30-foot-long Doctor Who scarf. I have it now wrapped around my chair. I got wrapped all, all around my chair, my office chair. Oh, man, so cool. So, now, back to this thing. Good News Bears, we call it. So, okay, so you got the very responsible kid based on Rob Houston. Uh, he's always lawn mowing, uh, changing people's roofs, shingles, uh, paper route, maybe uh, laying new concrete driveways, just stuff that you would not expect a 12-year-old kid learn- knowing how to do. You got a health kid who knows all about all about the alternative medicines, all the great stuff. His family has an ozonated water machine. Heck, maybe the kid built it. I don't know. Maybe he builds it with the, with the uh, help of the very responsible kid. Got a conspiracy theory kid who's obsessed with all the JFK stuff, QAnon stuff. He's talked very matter of factly about the information without being preachy. It's like he just know he just, it's just matter of fact. Like it's like, I know about this. Why, why don't you know about this? I remember growing up watching, uh, you, know, you know, what I think too, this conspiracy theory kid, I think we could definitely say that he's been abducted by aliens. Not in a scary, frightful, but a very mystifying way. He has this story that he tells kids at school. And I remember growing up, and on Channel 60 or 66, where that, you know, Samurai Sunday show is on, there was, well, Voltron. Voltron appeared on one of those UHF stations. And I. I felt like this was the thing. Like, at school, I wouldn't hear teachers or anyone really actually ever mention the outside world. It was as if it didn't exist. And it was always a pleasure when I'd, I'd hear someone, like, when I'd hear a teacher, an authority figure, an adult, talk about the outside world. It seemed like they were truly separate realities. Wow, now that I think about it, that, 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 that was my first, that was my first, wow, now that I'm realizing it, it's just coming to me. The universe gave me that gift and presented me with my first examples of parallel universes, so to speak. First examples of a parallel universe. Um, the idea that, you know, our, our realities are relative to us. Gosh, it, it was so crazy. That idea of like, this is happening here. And, you know, that's happening there. And they're just not blending I'm gonna, I'm gonna play for you guys right now, um, I guess I've been drinking this coffee, I gotta urinate like a banshee, I'm gonna play for you some Wordland, this is the album, this is, uh, actually Brett Berman's project from Nitroglycerin Pep Club, I'm gonna play this for you just right over, right through here, um, let's see, this is good, I'm gonna put it right next to the speaker. Here we go. This one is called, oh, this is good. This is called, how about, how about global elitist? That sounds like a fun one. Here we go. trace he always bowed your job's a joke you're broke your love lies to you i've told you fifty thousand times to stay out of my oxygen here. if you look be 85 buddy you're living Buick special sweeps class c of mobile gas economy run placing first and second I'm, I'm in kind of a lull right now in my mind you know what i'm saying uh, it's just ridiculous i mean come on and that can help me drift off to sleep um, that's, ch- that's geek speak for the actual satellite, satellite channel and audio channels that we use to record it on. Well, I, I think I'll keep the chemistry set. I'm real wary of fish with bones. Uh, I don't blame Now, craft salad oil is more than just a new oil. It's a new kind of oil. It's really good. Why did you say that in the first place? Very sloppy. Very sloppy. Got to be done. Maybe you get just the button that you need. You know, the little moose, baby or, or goofy, or beasy. And, of course, what they would do, they would have to come to the obvious conclusion that no recognizable uh, uh, intellect resides on this planet. Blast and fun to read. Ought to is sincerely, oh, I, I love doing the Vic and Sade cast with Jimbo. Oh, boy. <laughs> any South African listeners, And anyone in, in, in any like exotic countries listening? But General MacArthur said he will come back. I believe that. Uh, I think you were doing a good job. Keep it up. You don't know me. Will you go away? Thank you. Can sound, you know, and that was a smidgen of global elitist. By the Nitroglycerin Pep Club. That was their that's their new album, Wordland. If you can find that on Bandcamp, I'm pretty sure. Thank you. Thank you for waiting for me. And if you haven't waited, that's fine. You're doing something that you really are finding excitement and joy doing, which is the most important thing. Do not let me get in the way of you being your 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 best version of yourself, okay? Do not let me get in the way of that. Please, never let that happen. This This just this just blipped my antenna. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you back inside. We're gonna go back inside. Thought it'd be fun. So this was something that I that I had sent to my buddy Paulie Paulie Shores. Others know him as Paul Pate. He is a music teacher. He's the saxophonist, the sexy sax player for for Yachtly Crew. And he was putting on a concert, basically, with these kids with these specific songs. And he asked me, the script okay so so wow so okay so there's there's a there's a is an arcade i grew up near called Galaxy World I'm going to give you guys a break for this moment, and then I'm going to swoop back in with this story concerning Polly Shores from Yachtly Crew. Welcome back to Inspirado Project. Oh, welcome back. Oh, the water's boiling on the stove again. And before we know it, we'll be drinking coffee again. Once we pour it in there with the coffee grounds. I'll have my caffeine buzz and I'll be buzzing all around town. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, Paul Pate, a.k.a. Pauly Shores, my good brother. I am Stony Shores, and Yachtly Crew, he is Stoney. He's, he's Pauly Shores. We're the Shores brothers. It's a family band. He teaches kids music, and he had this idea. He was going to put on a concert. There were a series of songs... This is this is the list of songs that he uh, put together that he had the kids learn and he wanted to do stories. He wanted to do sort of like a a uh, a big story that tied them all together somehow. And he goes, "Would you how would you feel about writing those little segments that go in between the songs?" And I said, I would be honored. So I spent the whole night <laughs> I spent the night writing this script out. And okay, so these these are the various songs. He wanted the whole the whole premise was that it was you you enter an arcade, you know, like a mysterious arcade, and and each of these sort of arcade games sort of brought you to another song, so you'd be like, okay, this thing's happening, and then you'd go into the song, and then the would, song would end, and you'd have another li- little interlude, so these are the songs, these are the songs, March of the Hyperion Guards by Robert Sheldon, oh, and this is the thing, too, these names, these names, like, whether the composers, the name of the the song, I tried to weave them in there, the idea was I w- try to weave them in there somehow. So March of the Hyperion Guards by Robert Sheldon, Lion's Pride by Victor Lopez, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy by Joe Zawinol, Armory Embattlement by Randall D. Standridge, Martian Square Dance by D. Sorensen and B. Pearson. Those guys also did Spring's Awakening, which is another song we used. Feeling Good by Leslie Bercusi and Anthony Newley. Super Mario Brothers, and we also did Zelda by Koji Kondo and Danny Ursetti. Halo by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore. And Tetris by Hirozaku Tanaka and Danny Ursetti. Those guys also did the Super Mario Brothers and Zelda songs, so those were those were the songs that I that I had to work with and and, and the premise. So I grew up I grew up uh, so in Carroll Street, Illinois, there was Galaxy World. And that arcade. Our parents told us don't go up to Galaxy World. They they remember reading in the newspaper one time some. Teenagers getting rowdy and some kid throwing a bottle in the in the parking lot and that 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 was like the only excuse they had for us not going up there. Well, we were spending our allowance. Um, I think we'd get like. It all depended on the chores, you know. Um, that 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 would, you know. I don't know every two weeks or something we'd get ten bucks maybe is that what it was i can't remember but we somehow we would save our money and then we would go up to galaxy world and we'd spend most of it playing dragon's lair rolling thunder was another fun one empire city was another fun one boy outrun josh loved that wait yeah josh loved out outrun there's was a game there where I learned how to drive stick shift. It was awesome. It was the first game I'd ever encountered where you sit in a driver's seat. It had a clutch. It had a steering wheel. I mean, it was the first one with a clutch. As far as I knew. And I had a Datsun. Rusty Datsun that was given to me by my cousin Kelly. And it was missing a clutch. So while I saved up money to buy that new clutch, to get that fixed. (laughs) I think even Rob Houston fixed the clutch for me, now that I think about it. Or one of Josh's friends. He knew so many good... Oh, the Bernhards. Bernhardt Brothers. Those guys. Those guys did it. So... Galaxy World. So, while I you know, was waiting for that clutch to get fixed, I would go to Galaxy World and I'd play this video game that, sh- that, you know, simulated the clutch. And I'd somehow go out there into that front yard, you know, I'd go out there in the yard and I'd, I'd sit back there, uh, sit in the car, I didn't have the keys or anything, but I'd pretend I was driving it. You know, I'd visualize what I was doing on the video game. I'd have the parking brake on. I go, you know, lift, push down the clutch, lift up the clutch, push down the gas, and that that, that swimming kind of vibe. So, here we go. Here we go. Without further ado, imagine, if you will, a bright, warm summer day. You and your friends just now entered a dark, magical, air-conditioned wonderment of kaleidoscopic lights. It's your favorite arcade, Galaxy World. Blippity bloops and bleeps echo from every direction as your squinty eyes slowly open to the hypnotic walls. Galaxy World's owner, Mr. Robert Sheldon, is smiling near the door. We have a new game that'll heighten your imagination. Follow this way, he says, while leading everyone along a winding neon path, curving through the hustle and bustle. He eventually stops everybody at the end of a blinking hallway. A tall, sparkling silver, octagon-shaped arcade machine faces your group. Go ahead and test it out, Mr. Sheldon explain, exclaims. You and your excited buddies run up to the arcade, buckling into the ergonomic seats attached. Everybody straps on their mirrored bubble helmets, glimmering boots and shiny gloves, too. He explains, After the countdown, I'll push the button. Your subatomics will morph into a world of pixelated radio waves. It took me eight years to invent this futuristic and comfortable arcade game. I call it... March of the Hyperion Guards! Are you ready for the ultimate adventure quest? He robustly proclaims. You and your friends joyfully howl, Yes, please! All simultaneously, a robot voice counts down. Three, two, one. Squawing! You feel your physical body pouring like sand through an hourglass of circuits. The world you know Disappears. March of the Hyperion Guards by Robert Shelton plays. You and your adventure buddies emerge from a twirling rainbow portal in a forest near a wooden sign reading, Welcome to Goldshire. It is at the beginning of a dirt path leading into town. Everyone looks pixelated, and so does the world around you including a laughing dwarf and a night elf, hanging upside down from oak branches. Your group waves and continues along the path, getting used to this new environment. You eventually reach a tavern where a kobold is showing an Eternal some levitation skills. "'I own Lion's Pride Inn,' the Eternal says to you. "'My name is Victor Lopez. Welcome.'" You're invited to explore it before you go on to your next adventures. He opens the doors to a happy crowd of visitors. Your buddies high-five each other and enter this crazy place. Lion's Pride by Victor Lopez plays. Your group meets... Interesting characters, distant travelers, and a wild hammer. Name tag who says... uh, A wild hammer who says, Joe Zewinol's hosting a jazz open mic near a campfire on a roof. Join us! It sounds fun, so you and your adventure buddies float through the sky and the ceiling, then onto the roof... To watch the magical jazz vibes. A goblin on stage next to the campfire says into the microphone, Thank you for appreciating the art form of jazz. The next piece I call mercy, mercy, mercy. You and your friends sit on the floor to soak in the smoothness while the crowd claps and yaps along. yee Mercy, mercy, mercy. By Joe's Owl all plays. Bartender Farley notices you and says, Methinks your party needs supplies. Yes, where can we get tools, books, ingredients, and alchemy? Asked the group. Talk to the York, Randall D. Sandridge at the armory. Replied Farley, he'll set you up real good. The adventurers find the armory in town. Randall helps everyone shop for items he thinks they'll need. It's a very, very dramatic moment in time, filled with lots of surprises. Armory by Randall D. Sandridge plays. After a long day of familiarizing yourself with Goldshire, belly full of mutton, Layers of new medallions, bags packed with new supplies, and a lifetime of memories. Your avatar bids the party farewell. You're off to examine the video game As soon as you arrive at a clearing, two E.T. like aliens wearing mustaches appear, munching on candy corn. They both say, Hello, leader. ...of your planet. This is Deep Sorenson. States one E.T. And this is B. Pearson. States the other E.T. Please, Martian, square dance in this crop circle with us. They hold their squiggly arms out to do-si-do, dropping candy corn. You set down your new supplies and medallions to dance better. They start clacking the heels of their cowboy boots. Woohoo! Martian Square Dance by D. D. Sorensen and B. Pearson plays. After a long series of square dances, the ETs insist on taking you aboard their silver ship to celebrate Spring Awakening. It's a holiday of sorts where members of the community play music for the ship's indoor jungle. They ask you to be honorary guest. Spring's Awakening by Dee Sorensen and B. Pearson plays. The Martians embrace you like one of their own. They They feed you Martian foods and drinks. They dress your face with fake mustaches. They take you to Mars and introduce you to their leaders. Leslie Brecuse and Anthony Newley. Standing next to them are your adventure buddies. All of you get citizenship to Mars. Everyone is feeling good and partying like it's 1999. Feeling good by Brecuse and Newley Plays. After lots of laughing and celebrating with your new Martian friends, one of them brings you and your friends to a secret hatch in a tree. Now that you guys are true Martians, you get to see the middle of Mars. Says Koji Kondo the Martian, while twisting its tentacles around the hatch latch. (coughs) The door flies open qua as he says crawl inside. Please tell the Super Mario Brothers. I say hello. Quah! You and your adventure buddies crawl into the open hatch of the tree, and suddenly everyone figures out that you're actually in a pipe. And things get strange while you pass through your very first warp zone. <laughs> Super, Super Mario Bros. by Koji Kondo and Danny Ursetti Plays. After living through an even more pixelated world with coins and mushrooms popping out of bricks, hammer-throwing turtles, and throwing fireballs, you are astounded by what's happening. Your friends are flipping out because you're all living the lives of characters from your favorite video games. During the skirmish, one of your friends finds the entrance to a forest. Huh? Everyone's inspired to explore it. Whoa! After wandering along a series of random choices, you find a dirt path and emerge from the trees into the wooden bridge of a castle moat. An elfish woman in a dress with pointy ears wearing a crown is on the bridge, too. She's riding on the back of a horse. Hello, people, my name is Princess Zelda, she says. No way, no way, no way, says your friends in unison. Zelda by Koji Kondo and Danny Seti plays. After losing Zelda, then going on quests upon quests and traveling familiar territory up close to finally then save her at the end was worth the journey. After saying goodbye to Lincoln and Zelda, goodbye, 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 thank you for everything, you and your party come across two genies in a graveyard. My name is Martin O'Donnell, says one genie and spins around. My name is Michael Zoltaro says the other genie, and flips upside down. And you all have a halo around your hands. <laughs> they both say while spinning. Everyone transports through to yet another unexpected place. Halo by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore plays. During your time hiding from forerunners, sea worms, mud wasps, and other unusual creatures, you and your friends come across a pyramid. Inside are two moths. One says, "Hello, yeah, my name is Hirozaku Nakat." The other says. Uh, uh, my name is Beaver said he. You must solve these puzzles quickly or you can return to the land of Netherlands They both say. This this is this is crazy. This is crazy. First we're living in Halo land and now we're solving Tetris. Blacks of blacky shapes fall from the sky. The moths disappear. It's up to you and your friends to solve this crazy puzzle. What will happen? Tetris by Hirozaku Tanaka and Danny Ursetti, plays. (laughs) Oh, no, no,